Welcome to another edition of Highland Football Weekly. On this week's show, we're delving into a favourite five of our guests, and this week's guest is Clachnacudden Wizkid himself, Blair Laurie. Blair, it's good to have you alongside me this evening. How are you? I'm doing good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Your podcast has kept me going through lockdown on the many dog. It's good to have you on. Of course, you'll be chomping at the bit, no doubt, to, to get back playing again and and get back uh, pulling on the the famous Lily White's jersey. Yeah, definitely. It's been it's been too long. It's sort of the longest we've all gone without playing football. But obviously, I'm getting getting on a wee bit now, so we'll eventually have to hang the boots up. But hopefully, that'll be anytime soon. Oh no, there's plenty. There's plenty of uh, life in the in those legs yet. Plenty, plenty of time. Well, let's hope so. Let's keep telling Sandy that. Anyway. <laughs> Player, as we said there, you've you've obviously, you know, you're chomping at a bit to get going as we record this. There's no um, official word on on when football um, Highland League football anyway will return, but we're hope, we're hoping that it's uh, not too far away. Um, the 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 clubs in the um, well, the, the, the you know the senior setups, the Championship, League Two, League One, know that uh, we've obviously got you know, Betfred Cup games to come. So too De Brora and Cove. So we hope that you guys are are um, are, are quite close to, to them, if not the same time. Uh, Blair, we're going to look back over. You've picked five uh, favourite games across your career. We're going to look back over them. Um, interesting. We're going to start with a lot of people always go for their for their debut, but you've gone for a game that uh, I think you'd you'd mentioned there. You'd maybe played three four times already for Clark. Uh, but you go for a game that is probably your your fourth appearance for the club, 17th of September 2005, 15 years ago, and it's Cove Rangers 2, Clach 1. Now, you've chosen a defeat, which again, people have done on the, on the, on the podcast, but, but talk to us about your reasons behind choosing this game, because it's a memorable pre-match talk, if you like, which uh, which I'm sure is your, your reason for choosing this one. Yes, um... The week before we uh, we played Forest away in what would have been probably my third game, and we got beat. We got beat four one away, <clears throat> and after the game, to everybody's absolute shock, uh, Robbie Williamson resigned after the game. Um, nobody could quite believe it, and uh, it was a really tough week training, looking up towards what was a huge game at the time, the qualifying cup. Because of course, at the time, the winners of that got into the Scottish Cup. It's not like it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the Saturday before we left, um, we all obviously met at Clark Park to get on the bus and uh, we were all ushered into the dressing room and, and Robbie was kind of hiding in there, obviously having resigned the week before and uh, I've, I've never had a, a team talk like it before. It was uh, incredible just the way he spoke to us, is, uh, you know, explaining the reasons why and he'd left and made the decision he did, but just... It's the most passionate team talk I've ever experienced, and uh, unfortunately we didn't go on to win the game. But um, it was uh, something to be part of. It really, you know, very new to the club, and realised at that point certainly how how well thought of he was of every single player there, and vice versa how he thought of the club. It was quite clear how much he loved the club, given the way he spoke. Um, and so much he thought of every player there, and it was uh, it was very very emotional for a lot of people. There was a lot of tears by, by a few folk, which you don't often see in about football. But it was very emotional and uh, passionate. 
team talk before we even left Inverness to go away to the game. Well, I'd imagine you know as a as a youngster, you know, just starting out on your on your um, in your Clark career, um, as you say, three four games in, I mean that's quite something, and it's it says a lot for the the speech that Robbie delivered that day that you you know still remember and it still you know it still touched you fifteen years on. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, like you say, it was a defeat, but in terms of of the whole emotion of the day, it's definitely one of the most memorable games of my career. Um, he'd obviously only signed me about a week and a half before, and then <laughs> then he resigned the in the next game. So I was I was gutted at that, but then you know a lot of respect for Robin. I'm just really gutted that I didn't get more time to work with him because I think he would have been fantastic to work with because I only got a, a few weeks with him, um, but. You know the boys all spoke hugely of him, and uh, he's a really good guy. And I still see him now and again today as well. We've had him on the podcast um, earlier into into lockdown, and I mean you're right. He's a he's a, a tremendous character, and and certainly someone that a lot of people in the area look up to and, and look to for advice. Um, a bit of a clack legend as well, and I'm assuming in the dressing room there, there have been a lot of guys that were involved in the the double triumph. Uh, a couple of years before that as well, and you said their tears. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming quite emotional scenes before that bus to Aberdeen departed. Yeah, it most definitely was. It was the most emotional of uh, of team talk certainly, and the atmosphere I've experienced uh, at football certainly. Um, and like you say, the the team was full of well, majority of them were the the team that won uh, the league in the cup uh, just a year or two before. Um, so they're a really close knit bunch, and they've also done very, very well together. But that was kind of the the time where they, a lot of them started leaving and retiring because there's a lot of older players at the time. But there were some unbelievable players in, in that team. Talk to us about Robbie because you said there you've only you only worked with him a couple of weeks, but in those weeks, you and that team talk as well. You must have got the the impression there that you're you know you're working for, and certainly only for a short period of time. But you're working for someone that that. You know, he's a bit of a bit of a legend and a, a real character as well. Yeah, he's a legend. Um, obviously, I grew up in watching Ross County as a youngster, and uh, I remember him from from there. And uh, you know, he certainly earned his nickname as a player. Um, the psycho they used to call him. <laughs> uh, he was he was some player to watch, and then obviously to have him as a manager, his uh, his coaching and just his man management, everything about him, he demanded really high standards, and he he demanded respect. Uh, in which he got, and if he didn't, um, you knew about it, and then you would you would give it to him after that. And there's been a few stories in the past of uh, of youngsters falling ill of that. Um, but no, he was fantastic to work with. And I say, I'm just glad I didn't get a bit longer with him. It would have been good to work with him for longer. Now, as you say, there the emotional scenes before you even leave Inverness on the way through the bus journey must have been a, a strange one as well. There'll be a lot of guys. You know, trying to compute, the, you know, their emotions and how they they take in, you know, what they've just heard in Inverness. And you, as we said, there you, you lost the game, but can you remember much about the game yourself, um, other than the, the kind of the prep talk in the in the morning? Yes, I think I was on the bench for the start of that game, if I remember rightly. Um, and I think we we scored, we either scored first or we scored to to draw to make it one all. I'm pretty sure it was Gordon Morrison scored and. Uh, Every single player, you know, knew where Robbie was in the in the in the crowd. Every single one of them over to him and were jumping on him. 
and uh, it, again it just showed what they thought of him and you know, it was just really unfortunate we couldn't get the win because it would have been absolutely for him that day um, and we're all gutted but like I say just the whole day the emotion of it was just uh, something I haven't experienced since um, but other than the goal and also getting beat there's, there's not a lot of memories other than the, what I've already mentioned before That says a lot for what Robbie said to you guys that, that, that day because it, it still obviously resonates with you uh, 15 years on now as we, we touched on at the very start there you obviously started your career at, at Clark you're still with the, the Merkinchers at the moment you've obviously had a you know a, a long uh, period of time uh, you know as a, as a, as a fan's favourite at uh, Grant Street Park but your second game of your of your five sees you turn out for another side at play in black and white you had a spell with Elgin City and the 9th of April 2011 is your second game of your favourite five. And it's Queen's Park 1, Elgin City 0. Again, another another defeat. But um, your reasons behind choosing that one, I'm sure, turning out at the National Stadium Hamden. What an experience that must have been for you. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, I'd uh, moved to Elgin a few, week, uh, well, a few months before, maybe, um, when Clark were, in, were struggling. So there was a few players I'd left... Um, just because of the way the club were at the time, and also moved to Elgin uh, from brother-in-law Barry Wilson was assistant to Ross, um, and that was a few few months into me being there, and uh, it was my first start for Elgin, and it couldn't have come at any better place than than at Hamden. You know, the whole day uh, or the bus journey, you know, arriving at Hamden, going underneath um, underneath the stadium, and just the experience of the dressing rooms and the quality of the park. Um, and just the enormity of the stadium, albeit it was it was empty bar, you know, a few hundred that were there, but the experience of playing at Hamden was obviously something that really sticks out. Um, and played I played really well that day actually, um, and so did the team. We were really unfortunate to get beat. Um, we had a few chances. Um, I remember I cut in from the right hand side, had a left foot shot that was sailing in the top corner and the goalie just appeared out of nowhere, got hand to it. Um, obviously to make it one all with, with only about ten minutes left or so, which would be a kind of dream, kind of first start for myself. But unfortunately, it wasn't to be. But it's one that I really remember because uh, obviously playing at Hamden and just the way the team played, and I thought, uh, you know, I can really hack it at that level because mm-hmm. it was a step up from in league at the time. Um, and just unfortunately, we didn't win again. But uh, no, it's one that really sticks out in my memory. You know. Just uh, an incredible experience playing at our national stadium. Now, obviously, it would have been amazing if you if you'd scored that goal as well. But it, it's funny because I years years ago, um, it wasn't that game, but it it, it might have been no Ross Jack was in charge. I went to a game t- to cover a game at Queens Park against Elgin City, and having been the week before to cover Scotland versus Ukraine, it, it was night and day. But I think the thrill, I mean, for any football fan, any football player, anyone involved in football to go to Hamden, you know, it, it's still a, a big thrill. I mean, you, I mean, I obviously, you know, sat in the stands and watched that game. Not that game, but a Queen's Park, Elgin City game. But it's a such a thrill. Talk to us about, you know, obviously the, 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 the obviously, you know, turning up at Hamden, you know, going through the, the, the main doors into the dressing room now. You know, I'm a bit one for nostalgia, but you, you look at the players that, that have shared that that dressing room that must have been your you know you're almost it's a cliche but you're walking in the footsteps of legends yeah definitely um, one game that would stick out for me is the Champions League final where Zidane scored that mm-hmm. and volley um, you know and 
you know, those kind of players have been in and around those dressing rooms and played in that park. So, you know, it was it was it's crazy to think that you're you're playing, I say, walking in the footsteps of absolute world legends in the game. Um, and obviously, there's our own legends of the Scottish game. Um, unfortunately, not so many recently, but um, <laughs> you know, just playing where these players have played was a great experience. And is the Hamden pitch as big as uh, everyone else? Uh, everyone makes out because you always hear it's a, you know, we always hear about when it comes to cup finals and one team will will benefit from the the big Hamden pitch. Obviously, as a winger, that's probably something that uh, you know you might uh, thrive upon. Yeah, definitely. Um, it definitely seemed a lot bigger than most parts. Um, I don't know. Does a running track on the outside maybe give the impression that it's even bigger than it actually is? Um, but it was massive and it was great as a winner but obviously coming the other way you've got a long way to run back as well <laughs> um, yeah it's, it definitely seemed a lot bigger than other, than other parts Now you mentioned there um, I didn't know the family connection there your, your brother-in-law Barry Wilson um, who play, played in that game as well um, I mean sharing a park with, with someone I mean, obviously you'll know Barry extremely well but, but sharing a park with Barry must have been a highlight too yeah, that was that was good. Obviously, when I left Clark, Barry was obviously assistant at Elgin, so he invited me over to to train um, just before I left Clark and uh, been there a few weeks. And Ross obviously offered me something, so uh, I suppose I got Barry to thank for that that move. Um, and yeah, it was special to play with them, and sure, it'd be special for uh, you know in laws as well. You know, two of their son in laws playing uh, for the same team. Yep. You know, I didn't think growing up, you know, watching Barry. Um, at the top of his game when he was at Livy and you know playing in European competitions that I would end up playing with him uh, further down the line at Elgin so that, that was a special experience uh, for myself definitely Two famous wingers as well there Laurie and Wilson eh? Queen's Park in the last wee while are, are moving away from Hamden um, and it's interesting we, we talked to Daniel Moore a while ago back about Rangers rise through the divisions and you know he was a Rangers fan playing against um, his boyhood club and obviously it was a real thrill but for players in the in the lower tier who are still playing against Queen's Park on a regular basis it must be great having a, a game at Hamden twice a season as well Queen's Park when they move away uh, to Lesser Hamden and Hamden remains now for the national side in concerts etc is that a loss for, for players at that level because as you mentioned there it's a real thrill you know going out at Hamden will players really really miss that definitely yeah I think uh Anybody who's played in the same league as Queen's Park would probably look to that and uh, it'd be one they would take their families to or whatever to, to watch them playing at, at Hamden. So it's definitely going to be a loss for for players who won't probably get to, to play at stadiums like that unless they do really well in the in the Scottish Cup and get one of the big teams. So, you know, it gives you a chance to play at Hamden where, where you're not going to get it after after they do move. So mm-hmm. uh, it, you see that and a lot of... A lot of players in the lower leagues are going to miss out, unfortunately. Yeah, that's uh, that's something I'm sure that that everyone in that, uh, well, League Two or League One, depending on when Queen where Queen Spark are at the time, will be a, be a sad loss, um, and 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 not always, um, you know, it's great for everyone to get an opportunity to, to play at the national stadium. Now, moving on to your your third game, you're back at Clach, uh, you're back playing for the Lily Whites in 2013. It's the third of April, and you've chosen. Uh, Inverary Locals won Clack 3. Now, am I right in saying that's the first time that Clack got the better of the Locals in Highland League circles? Yeah, that's right. Um, 
not sure how many years Inverurie had been in the league by that point. Uh, I can't remember what year they came in, but it, had take, it took us a long, long time to get get the better off of them, and uh, it was becoming a right, uh, you know, point in a lot of team talks. Um, you know, we've never beaten them in the league, and you know, we need to we need to do it. And we've been close a few times. We've drawn with them. Um, we never managed to get that win. And at the time we went down there, we were we were uh, doing really well in the league. There'd been a lot of cancelled games that season over over the winter time, so we had a, a good spell of games kind of going Monday, uh, Saturday, Wednesdays, and we we picked up a good run of results over that sort of few months. And uh, the team we took down there, um, you know, if, if we were ever going to beat them, it was going to be with that team because uh, there were a lot a lot of good players in that team. Um, and also went down there and I remember it being quite a cold evening um, and uh, I, I can't remember who scored but I remember I was playing slightly out of position in centre midfield and uh, you know we, we played really well obviously because we won 3-1 but mm-hmm. just the, the feeling after that game you know a bit of relief for having played them however many times and, and never beaten them and it was just you know a right bit in the back of your mind that you've never beaten them to finally do it, um, it you know, it really sticks out. But like I say, some of the players in that, that Clark team, um, it's just really unfortunate we couldn't have kept that team together because uh, I think we'd have gone on to win more than what, what we ended up doing. Um, you know, we had Scotty Graham, uh, Gordon Morrison, mm-hmm. Paul Britt, uh, Martin Lang was part of that team as well. Um, uh, Brewster, who's gone to Keith now, uh, Rothis now, um, John Campbell. There was so many really, really good players in that team, and uh, it's just unfortunate we lost them all in the kind of season after that. Um, and you know, we've never really got, you know, a good of squad like that again since, unfortunately. Yeah, talk to us about Harlow Park as well, because I always, um, I always think Harlow Park's quite a it's a tight park, isn't it? It's always a difficult venue to go to. I mean, locals have done, you know, extremely well over the years. Um, they've always been there or thereabouts in terms of at the top end of the table. Um, very good in cup competitions as well. But, but Harlow Park, I mean, that's a, a difficult venue to go to. You must have been, you know, delighted. I mean, it's a tough support as well uh, when the chuff chuffs and, you know, they, they, they get a good backing from the community as well. A difficult place to go to. You must have been, you know, thrilled with all those extra elements into play there yeah definitely like I say it was a very hard place to go really tight park so much what Cove's old uh, park used to be like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, like you say they're they're uh, kind of band with their drummers and they're singing and that uh, the fans are right on top of you um, and every memory I've got of going to Inverurie as well the weather's been awful <laughs> and it's been um, I don't think I've ever played there in good weather um, but no it was a really difficult place it still is a really difficult place to go but uh, on that particular day, it was just sheer relief to finally beat them. Yeah, I think getting the monkey off the back is always a good thing, and you know, over a side that, as I said, have been they've been pretty decent over the last number of years as well. The you mentioned that when you you moved to Elgin, there obviously Clark had some some difficulties. You know, the, we all know that, that Clark have had you know problems over the over the years. Um, you know, mem- mainly around two thousand and ten, there was a lot of trouble behind the scenes and the the side eventually you know came good we'll, we'll talk in a minute and uh, why it, it came good but 
you know, when you rejoined Clark, you know, you must have seen or, or been delighted to, to see, you know, the green shoots of recovery and, and things getting to back to normal at Grant Street Park. And, and that, you know, going to Inverurie, as you mentioned, with that good side just kind of typifies that things were, were starting to turn good again. Definitely, yeah. When I left, obviously, things were, were really not good. It was, you know, whether the club was even survive at the time, it was kind of muted. So it was really uncertain times. Um, and then the difference from when I left to coming back was huge. Um, and I don't think Ian Coworth maybe gets enough credit for, you know, how he handled things uh, over that spell. You know, a very difficult job. Um, and, you know... How the clubs, you know, recovered after that. I think a lot of uh, praise should go to to Polly because he he done a magnificent job, and every player that was there at the time, I think, would definitely agree with me there. Yeah, I was going to mention Ian Polworth because he is a guy that you know, as we mentioned at the very uh, start, we you know we we made reference to the the double winning side. He's a you know a bit of a clock legend as a, as a player, um, but as a manager, he had a you know a terrific spell. Uh, you know, a long period as well, and often working with, you know, difficult budgets as well. Um, I, I think you're right. I think a lot of praise has has to go to to Ian Polworth. What's he What's he like as a as a manager? Um, what's he like to play under him? Yeah, he was really good. Obviously, uh, Polly was there for for ten years, so the majority of of my time at the club in my two spells. Um, you know, he was really good. Um, very passionate as well. It's a bit a bit like Robbie. Um, you knew, you knew, you know what he was thinking a lot of the time, um, and he just had a knack for bringing in players from maybe amateur or wherever that, you know, had maybe not done it at another club and take them in, and they'd done really well. Um, but you know, he was he was really really good to to play for, and I've got a lot of time for playing, a lot to thank him for for uh, you know this amount of time I've been at the club, um, and a lot of players have got a lot of good things to say about him and uh, to be honest I was really really glad um, <clears throat> when he when he resigned uh, myself and my wife were in New York and uh, got the text uh, to say he'd resigned and it, it wasn't a great surprise but it, albeit at the same time it was, uh, it was really really disappointing and disheartening but you know he had a long time there so I suppose he would probably say himself that it was maybe time for a change but you know it was never easy at the time to see someone who we all thought of so highly of uh, to you know, finally, you know, leave the job. You mentioned there as well that I mean he did have a, a real an eye for a player as well, um, and he had you know he had a good uh, he assembled a very good Clark side. What are, what are he, what were his main qualities as a, as a manager? I think honesty. Everybody knew where he kind of stood with Polly, um, and his coaching was really good, and he wasn't scared to you know make the hard decisions. Um, you know, I fell foul to one, and uh, we done well in the Scottish Cup one year, and went down to air, and I wasn't even in the squad. But you know, as hard as that was to take, he kind of respected the decision, and uh, he wasn't scared of making those decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, I thanked him for that at the time, right enough. Um, but you know, really good coach, and you know, everybody kind of could relate to him as well. You know, he would, he would have a drink with the boys on the way back as well, and you could. You know, you can speak to him. I'm sure a lot of a lot of players we may say he was like kind of like a dad to them, looking after a lot of boys who maybe had difficulties as well. Mm-hmm. Um, out with football, he looked after a lot of boys. Um, so a lot of a lot of uh, ex players have got a lot to be thankful for Paul in, in that sense as well. Now I know obviously that you know he, he left 
he left Clark not so long ago, and of course we're all we're all hoping that, that football returns as well shortly. But do you think there'll be um, another another opportunity will come up for for some other game? He's, you know, he sounds like he's you know too good to be to be out of the game at this precise moment in time. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, it'd be good to see see him back working because uh, I think he's too good a manager to to not be working. He's uh, I think he's still helping out at the kind of the youth levels and at the club. Um, so they're obviously getting the benefit of his coaching mm-hmm. um, at the minute. We're starting to see in the first team with the amount of kind of youngsters that are coming through into the first team at the moment. So he's still doing that at the minute. So you know, Clark are getting benefit off him. Uh, now, but I'd hope to see him back uh, managing a Henley team at some point. Well, we move on to probably Ian Polworth's uh, finest uh, achievement at, at Clark, as we as we said earlier. You know, he, he assembled a very good squad and put together you know a very good team. That moving on t- from the Inverurie win uh, that following season, uh, their silverware for Clark Nakadam once again. It's the 2014 Highland Football League Cup final, and it's a an, quite an incredible game and a, and a cup final that will long live in the mem- live long even in the memory of many Clark fans. Uh, three all against Bucky Thistle, and it required penalty kicks. What are your memories of that uh, epic afternoon? Well, it was well. We were, I think we were three one up with not very long to go, um, and obviously Bucky then. Got the second, their second and third goal, so we went into extra time a bit. Our heads down slightly, I think, and I, I'd say it was a struggle through some of the some of the extra time. But also, my biggest memory is probably the worst penalty that I've taken, but ever seen. And every time I go through, Keith, my kids remind me every single time about the penalty. You know, they're only five and seven at the time, but you know it sticks out in their minds and. Uh, I get a lot of stick for that even now, so I'm just grateful that John Campbell pulled through and uh, it didn't mean anything in the end, but um, you know what a day that was, definitely the, the highlight of uh, my time at Clark. The ways you mentioned there, you had you had the lead um, going you know, towards the, the dying embers of the game, going into extra time, the heads were down, but uh, a word for the, the backing that the club had that day, because I'm sure that the supporters, that's when they come into their own and they and they try and rouse the team to, to keep going through extra time. What about the the, the Clark faithful that day? That was a, a tremendous backing. The supporters were unbelievable that, that day. Um, I remember we were warming up and they'd obviously just arrived down the street and got out of your bus and instantly you could just hear them singing and getting closer to the ground. And from that moment on, they were just tremendous. And uh, I think they, they had a huge part to play that day. Definitely getting us through extra time when we were maybe a bit a bit down. They certainly picked us up um, and got us through it. But the supporters in my whole time there have been incredible. Um, and they've always been very, very good to me as well. You know, you get stuck sometimes, but it's always deserved. You never get it when you don't need it. Uh, but that day particularly, they were, they were phenomenal. They were really good that day. Um, there was... Uh, a few ex-players, quite a lot of ex-Clark players in that team, mm-hmm. uh, and that crowd as well that came down to see us, which says a lot for players who had played for Clark and yep. still came for us that day. But uh, no, that was the best atmosphere I've, I've experienced with, uh, well, probably with, with any game I've played in. The, uh, the, uh, the crowd spill onto the pitch after the game, and I mean, there's some incredible 
incredible uh, photos of of the the kind of the 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 um the celebrations at the end there because the, the supporters all pile on. You mentioned the penalty shootout. I'm always interested to find out um where did you volunteer or you know was it a case of did you did you put your hand forward or was that pre pre planned? No, it wasn't pre-planned. Uh, we volunteered. We had practice parties through the week. Um, I suppose, I suppose you always would if you were in a in a cup game that there's going to potentially be penalties. Um, and I've been taking penalties quite well through the week, and so yeah, I volunteered for it. And uh, certainly the first five all, all volunteered. Um, and obviously, Gordon Morris had missed the first one as well. Kevin May saved it. And I thought, no way. Yeah, I've got. I've also got to score this, and uh, I think Bucky had scored their first. And obviously I went and took it and put it about six feet over the bar. <laughs> I keep telling folk I was actually aiming for the bottom corner, but I'm sure uh, the, the ball kicked up or something because I never got any connection like I thought I was going to get on it. Um, <laughs> it's something I'll never forget. But um, like I said earlier, I'm just glad that uh, it turned out well in the end because when I went back as well, saying to Michael Finnis that uh, if we end up winning this now, I'll buy everybody drinks for the rest of the night. Um, glad he forgot about that because it would have cost me a fortune. <laughs> I was gonna say that must have been a. I mean, I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but that must have been a a, a costly evening if uh, if he remembered that. Yeah, I'm just glad he. he if he did remember it, he uh, did me a favour by not mentioning it. Frankly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could always um, head to whatever the the cheapest drink is, you know. Yeah, uh, remember after the game we ended up uh, Neil McDonald. He uh, he'd had a really bad hamstring injury for a good few weeks before the game, and he had it strapped up, and he'd taken all sorts of medication to get him through the game. Mm-hmm. And he, in the last 30, 40 minutes of the game, and obviously after the game we had a couple of beers in the in the dressing room, and then we got to Falkenbergs in the pub. He had one drink, and then the colour just drained from his face. The next we saw him, he was lying in the doorway. Of, of a house outside waiting for us to all come back because uh, the amount of painkillers you take in so as soon as we go back to Ness we'll have to go home <laughs> Jeez, oh. uh, well tell, tell us about that bus journey then that must have been uh, I mean we've heard many eventful bus journeys on or, or good stories on the bus journey uh, back from a from a cup final or, or winning a title um, but those are the, those are the moments that you you know you, you work so hard for in football and you uh, and you have to treasure you know winning a trophy but the celebrations with your teammates afterwards, that must have been uh, some bus journey back from Keith. Yeah, that was uh, definitely good fun. <laughs> there was, uh, you know, all the committee and the board that were down as well were on the bus, and obviously the players. And a few supporters managed to sneak onto the bus as well, so uh, spirits were definitely high. There was, uh, you know, very, very good uh, crack, shall we say, all the way back to Falkenbergs. And when we got to Falkenbergs, there was... Well, the majority of the Clash reporters had also stopped there, so it was a, it was a great, great bus journey back. Um, and we eventually got back to Inverness. Uh, the club had arranged at V8, which was just a new cafe at the uh-huh, time. Uh-huh. Cafe V8, yeah. Right. And they had a marquee out for us as well. And they had like a disco and you know, a bar set up. And by the time we got back there, you know, a lot of uh, the players' families and uh, a lot of more supporters were there too, so... You know, it went on into the early hours and it was a fantastic, fantastic night that, that nobody involved with that will certainly forget. What, uh, I was going to say, that well, you, you've probably pipped it as the best post-cup final uh, celebrations because as a big Cafe V8 fan, 
I mean, going back to Cafe V after a after a cup, after any win, never mind a cup final win, that would be uh, brilliant in my eyes. So uh, I'm sure Dougal had the uh, had everything laid out for you boys as well when she when she got back there. Clark winning a trophy as well though. I mean, we talked at the very start. We mentioned Robbie Williamson and that that double winning side as well. To to see Clark Ribbons, you know, around a trophy again because you know, listen, they they they're a club with a proud history. Uh, must have been a you know must have been a a real uh, great moment for yourself knowing that you, you know you've brought some silverware back to the club. Yeah, I think it's been almost exactly ten years since the club had last won a trophy, mm-hmm. um, uh, this the same cup. Um, so to see this, just the the delight in all the supporters' um, faces after that game was just tremendous, and obviously just in recent history before the game, the troubles the club had gone through. Um, to you know, come through that and then win the the cup was uh, was brilliant, um, and uh, you know people still talk about it to, to this day. Um, you know, it was a really really good day and a really special day given what the club had gone through. Absolutely, and I think that um, you know it's a it's a it's a good story, you know, isn't it? The you know the double winning side, and then a couple of years later they're in financial problems and you know um, all sorts of various different issues. Um, relating to finance, and then 2014, they're they're back with silverware in the in the cabinet as well. Now, we move on to your your fifth favorite game, which is actually more recent times. It was um, when when football was actually being played. It was September 2019, so just under a year ago. And and this one is a, a Scottish Cup replay. Uh, the Scottish Cup often comes up when we we talk about favorite five games with guests. But um, the Scottish Cup replay is against uh, your your old rivals, your local rivals, Nairn County. It was this, uh, sorry, this, uh, it was last season, and you won the game 2-1. Now, when we talk about hard times, it's obviously been quite a difficult season, last season for Clark, with everything that happened in terms of, you know, COVID-19 and lockdown. There was a managerial change as well at the very start of the season, and that horrendous fire as well with the the home the, the dressing rooms, you know, I believe just before Christmas as well. It's been a real tough season for the club. But that uh, that win over Nairn County a, a highlight amongst those uh, those low points. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it was a tough season last year, even prior to lockdown. Um, you know, obviously Brian McLeod was was manager for a few months. Reasons he obviously had to leave. Um, which was a huge blow to, to the playing squad because um, he'd taken a lot of young boys in and given them an opportunity um, and things were going pretty well um, you know and I think a lot, a lot of the, the squad initially took it quite quite hard that he you know he decided to leave um, so we were, we were a bit guy from that to start the season and then obviously Sandy came in a few weeks later and you know just Sandy's personality um just the way he is instantly lifts everybody um, and he's really you know approachable kind of guy so mm-hmm. everyone to him but just for whatever reason just results weren't weren't happening um, and going into the, the first game at Station Park the week before you know there was a lot of press about how we were you know had no chance people were, were really writing us off um, which I suppose we're, we're kind of used to in a lot of games but um you know, use it to your advantage. I think um, 
and the, the game at Nairn was a bit it wasn't a great game I don't think we played, played particularly well and obviously neither did they um, but then you know coming back to, to Clough Park um, you know getting that, that win and also got a goal that day myself which is always good to get one both mm-hmm. the results more important but you know because it was a Scottish Cup and uh, it gets the club in the next round it gets the club a little bit more money there's always for, for teams like Clark it's, it's quite important getting into the next stage of the round so just uh, with everything around it what happened all season um, you know results that we'd had before it um, you know and the young boys that were pl- that are still playing on the team but they were playing that day um, you know Ali Gillis and Ross Logan particularly were you know phenomenal for us all season you know they played key parts in that game so you know just the, the youngsters that the, the boost they got from that game and just the boost the club got from that game um, it was it was a huge huge win for us at a really difficult time and near county um is considered a local derby, if you like, between between Clark and there. And does that have any significance as well? That the fact that it was against it was against the wee county. Definitely, yeah. Um, you know, over the years, we've had a lot of very kind of entertaining games, shall we say, against there. And it's you know, me personally, there is certainly a game that, that I look to when the fixtures come out when we're going to play it to to make sure I'm available. You know, work wise, you know, I'll mm-hmm. do everything to to play in those games particularly. Um, you know, I do enjoy playing against Nairn and we've had a lot of uh, you know, good results and not so good results against Nairn over the years. Um you know I suppose Nairn and similar to us, they went through a spell where they were quite financially stable and then they had the change and you know, they've come through to the other side and look look how strong they are now. They're you know, one of the kind of stronger teams in the area now, so you know, I hate to say it, but we kinda of look to them to you know, that's where we kinda of want to get to as well at the moment. When you, when you mentioned there, um, you know, the monkey off the backs against Inveruri, um a couple of years previous, and then obviously you're looking for Nairn's fixtures. Is there anyone else that you look for in the, in the calendar that you look to, you know, get one over on? Well, Nairn particularly, but um, you're kind of local, local team, you know, your Wick, you know, Brora now is a much more difficult game than, than it once was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Forest, Lossie, uh, for William as well, which, you know, was obviously different types of games last year given the kind of the amount of full time players they had but you know the, the, the teams in your kind of you know closest to you and you know teams that you you want to you know aim at getting points out for the games you look to but I think Nairn's definitely the, the one for me personally that you know sticks out and it's the one I look forward to um, you know had a lot of really good games against a lot of very good players for Nairn over the years Now you mentioned there Sandy obviously has come in. Sandy's in charge now. Um, he's added to his backroom team during lockdown as well, and and, and not not so much changing the, the the you know the the guard if you like because the Clark have always been bringing through youngsters and they continue to do so. But um, in terms of looking ahead, because that that Nairn game was was in the most recent times. Um, in terms of looking ahead, optimistic for the for the future ahead for Clark. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's definitely a kind of transitional period, I'd say, for the club at the minute. Um, you know, a lot of players have gone out over the past two or three years. But you can, the amount of youngsters that have come into the squad uh, in the past year, particularly, um, like I say, Ross, Logan, Ali Gillis, who have, you know, 
stood out massively, but there's been six, seven, eight others that have come in and, and done equally as well. So, you know, if they can stick together and stay at the club, um, you know, first, I don't think I'll get the full benefit of them given how old I am now, but you know, if they can stick together, I think uh, it's definitely a bright future for Clark if we keep all those boys together at the club. You know, which we've maybe failed to do in the past. We've, you know, we've had youngsters coming in and have done well. They've always moved on. So I think if we can keep them together, there's definitely a bright future for the club eh, and Sandy and his new staff as well. But even when you look through, I mean, those games we spoke about there, you know, you, you come into the, the Clark side on the back of that, you know, uh, legendary double winning side. Um, then, you know, obviously you depart for, for Elgin because Clark are going through some some difficult times themselves. But you come back to the club and you you achieve success again, and it f- just feels like there's another another wave coming. If you like, you know, they're obviously, you know, there's there's a bit of troubles behind the scenes in terms of the fire, etc. But with the youth policy, hopefully, you know that that second wave will come. Um, I shouldn't use second wave. That sounds like I'm speaking about coronavirus. But you know what I mean. There's a there's another uh, cycle, if you like, um, and hopefully, you know, success isn't too far away for for the club. Yeah, I, I can definitely see success in in the, the near future. Um, I say they're you know really looking at youth at the moment as well. So even in the under twenties at the minute, Brian Ritchie has been doing really well with them over the past few years, and you know even looking at their league tables. But the players that have been coming out of that squad into the first team squad have been of a very very good quality. You know the best it's the best youth. Um, standards certainly that I've seen coming in the first team in my entire time at the club. Right, okay. Um, I definitely think that you know there will be more success for the club. You know, once once these players develop together, you know, and obviously having the wee bit of experience as well. But I think, uh, yeah, definitely, there's definitely um, going to be some exciting times for the club if we can keep these batch of youngsters together. Well, here's hoping, um, Blair. Just finally for yourself, you, you mentioned there a couple of times that. You know, obviously the, the the years are 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 getting on, and of course you're you're still part of the side. But what does the 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 future um what does the future have in store for yourself in terms of your playing career? As or have you you know thought about you know getting involved in coaching? Obviously you've got that full time job uh, as well, which you know is a, is obviously a, a, a quite a a demanding full time job as well. But are you are you thinking ahead in terms of you know any coaching plans in the future? Yeah, it'd be something I'd like to go into eventually. Um, you know. Better get my skates on if I'm doing it now. But I'm hoping I've got another, you know, couple of seasons at least left in my legs. Um, you know, I feel quite good. But coaching certainly be something I'd like to get involved with at, at Clack. To be honest, um, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's a club I've been a part of for going into 14 years. Um, so no, yeah, I'd like to get involved in coaching um, at whatever level the club. But uh, at the moment, I'm just trying to concentrate and stay fit and. Uh, Hopefully, got two, three more seasons left in me yet. Yeah, absolutely. Fingers, uh, fingers crossed. Of course, there's, as I said at the very start, there's still, uh, there's still life in those legs yet, and uh, I'm sure that uh, you know when uh, you'll be back in action when when football gets the green light to to resume, and uh, we well we get we get football back on the cards in the Highland League. Blair, thanks very much for taking the time to to talk to to talk us through five of your favourite games. You know, five. Uh, really interesting choices uh, from the, the pre-match pep talk of Robbie Williamson to appearing at Hamden uh, to winning silverware for your beloved Clark as well. Thanks for your time and uh, and thanks for taking us through 
uh, five incredible games. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure.